give them what they want to hear about. What's really good? This is New Abolitionist Radio. We're in the building right now. We have uh, not only um, our brother Prakash here, we also have an organizer and comrade, uh, Max. And of course, uh, we have our co-host here, uh, Jorgen. Uh, This is Tag. And we want to just jump right into it. New Abolitionist Radio. Y'all haven't heard from us in a second. And we are rebuilding right now to make sure that we get more of these broadcasts out to you. And we wanted to just jump on this uh, extremely urgent and important uh, set of actions. We are amidst a week of action right now uh, in support of this brother Prakash and um, in support of uh, his case uh, as far as getting it um, getting getting uh, the case dropped um, as as far as just um, making sure that Prakash is able to uh, be uh, you know free of this this ongoing uh, set of of um, prison slavery related uh, struggles that that he's been he's been um, working through for the past several years so we'll get into all of that and um, we're thankful to you both um, Max and Prakash for being with us today. Um, as I said, this is Tag, and I want to hand the mic over to Jorgen for any introductions that you would like to uh, bring to the people. Hey, everyone. It's Jorgen. I'm calling in from occupied Anishinaabe territory here in the so-called state of Minnesota. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to be here, especially with my friend Prakash, who I've known for like over a year now. Um yeah, and I'm I'm one of the founders of the Prisons Kill um, Media Project. Absolutely, absolutely, much appreciated, and and we'll get further into uh, some of what you just pointed toward uh, geographically and some of the struggles going on there um, as soon as we can. But to to get back um, into the matter at hand today, um, again we have uh, a comrade here. Uh, with Root and Branch Collective, and also a part of uh, Prakash, Prakash's uh, uh, support um, team, uh, the Free Prakash Alliance, uh, right now, among other things. So, um, Max, uh, could we start with an introduction, a brief introduction from you, and then um, Prakash, if you could take it from there, uh, a brief introduction as well. Sure. Hi, this is Max. I organize with Root and Branch NYC. It's a prison abolitionist, prison slavery abolitionist organization. And I also organize with Prakash and the Free Prakash Alliance. Been in touch with Prakash for over a year now as well. And uh, yeah, Yeah, I'll turn it over to Prakash. Uh, Yes, everyone. um, uh, Hi, my name is Prakash Terman. Um, I'm 22 years old. And I, I was just blessed, you know, to, to really uh, connect with, you know, the brothers here. Um, I actually first got in contact with uh, Max here um, through a Rikers Island jail phone. Um, I, I got his information through uh, another brother I was incarcerated, I was incarcerated with on Rikers Island. Um, he passed it, uh, the information on. The name of the organization at that time was um, IWOC, Incarcerated uh, Incarcerated Workers Organizing um, Committee. So, so 
from that point on, it, it was definitely, you know, uh, a lot of organizing and um, just endless efforts of, of, of raising awareness in regards to my case and what the criminal injustice system um, has done and is still doing to me. Absolutely. Much appreciated for, for some of that background. And, you know, we just mentioned that we've got a week of action that's been going on um, for the past week, going on a, a full week now, uh, leading into uh, a rally that we definitely want to focus on and, and hone in on further, uh, which is coming up tomorrow afternoon in New York City, uh, Queens to be specific. But uh, just to to take a step back and and really get a sense of uh, what it is that that brought you here, brought us here, um, why it is that that you're in this struggle uh, for for your freedom, or at least you know uh, the uh, approximation of freedom that that we can find out here um, when not directly you know um, in the in the grips of prison slavery. So um, we know there, there's there's just so many aspects to your case. We're talking about the past several years of your life. Um, but if you could just give us a, a snapshot, if you will, of what it is that that brought you um, into custody in the first place. Uh, this would have been back in December 9th of 2014 um, when you were a teenager. Can you just um, give us a, a, a brief rundown of what all occurred and 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 what brought you here where tomorrow you're going to have this rally, you know, to continue to fight uh, in your struggle for freedom? Uh, most certainly, brother. Um, on December 9th, 2014, in the early morning, um, at approximately 6 a.m., a task force of NYPD officers illegally entered my basement apartment uh, where I was living with my mother at the time. I was 15 years old. I was dragged out of my bed, placed in handcuffs, um, told that I, I needed, that I, I must basically go to the precinct. Someone had filed a complaint against me. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was then placed in an unmarked NYPD vehicle and drove around for for, for, for about three hours. Uh, mind you, uh, the distance from my residence at that time to the precinct uh, was no more than 10, 15 minutes. Um, so I was driving around for three hours, then decided to to be to be brought to the precinct, uh, the 113th precinct to be exact, in South Jamaica, Queens. I was then handcuffed to a uh, metal uh, a metal bar uh, attached to the wall. I was handcuffed to that for about another hour and a half until my mother arrived. Um, and my mother, honestly, my, my, my mother being illiterate, um, you know, having no education uh, background whatsoever, and, and just being a single immigrant mother, um, she did not understand nor did she ever have any prior encounters with law enforcement ever. So my mother and I were gruesomely interrogated for hours. Um, 
and then I was just honestly psychologically coerced, um, mentally broken down to just tell the detectives whatever they wanted to hear. Uh, mind you, both detectives um, most recently being discovered of having a prior history of misconduct. Uh, one of them, uh, by the name of Barry Brown, actually was uh, found guilty of perjury. And then trans he was actually in Harlem and then transferred out to uh, Queens Homicide. So the system knowing, you know, they already have bad people that are enforcing the laws and, and making arrests and, and, and stuff like that. And they still allow it. So it's like at this point, the system is condoning this torture, this cruel act, this illegal, this, this everything. Um, so after I was coerced at the age of 15, uh, to just honestly tell the detectives whatever they wanted to hear, um, I was then transferred to Crossroads Juvenile Detention Facility, uh, which is located in Brooklyn, New York. I remained in Crossroads for about a year and a half. So from December 9th, 2014 to July of 2016, I remained there. And um, in July of 2016... I was transferred to Rikers Island. I had just turned 17 in June. Um, and I was transferred to Rikers Island. I, I was sent to the adolescent jail, um, C-74 RNDC, uh, which was honestly the most active, the most violent jail on Rikers Island. Um, and still is, actually. So I was forced to languish there another two to two and a half years. Um awaiting a trial. So I want to emphasize on the fact that I languished in jail, in pretrial detention, awaiting a fair trial for nearly four years. Um, I was then given my day in court and um, I was just tried unfairly, honestly, like I was denied from presenting evidence on my behalf at my first trial. That that evidence being an um, an expert witness on the subject of juvenile false confessions. So I was I was I was wrongfully convicted and uh, sentenced to a term of nine years to life. And in uh, January of two thousand and nineteen. I was transferred um, to a maximum security prison at the age of 19. I remained in uh, in maximum security prison upstate New York for approximately one one year and a half uh, before I received the decision on my appeal. On June 24th of 2020, uh, the Appellate Division Second Department of uh, of um, New York State reversed, um, overturned my conviction and ordered a new trial due to the fact that I was denied from presenting evidence on my behalf and that evidence being uh, expert testimony on juvenile false confessions.
I was transferred back down to Rikers uh, on July 1st of 2020, where uh, I remained there for months um, in the midst of a pandemic, awaiting a new and fair trial. Um, uh, at that point, I was 21 years old. I had turned 21. Actually, uh, my birthday is on June 22nd. I I received my uh, the decision on my appeal two days after my birthday on June 24th. So I was just there languishing. Um, in October of 2020, a new attorney by the name of Jose Nieves was assigned to my case. And on November 2nd of 2020 was my first in-person appearance since I um, had been transferred back down to Rikers awaiting a new trial. At that point, my new attorney, Jose Neves, uh, we submitted uh, an application requesting uh, the court to set reasonable bail due to the fact that I was now awaiting a new trial. And um, not to mention, uh, uh, I, I, my case was then was, was transferred back down in front of the same judge, uh, Kenneth Holder, the same judge that uh, conducted this, this improper ruling in my first trial. So obviously he denied... Uh, my bail application in November of last year. So my attorney then, uh, we decided to appeal his decision to the uh, Appellate Division Second Department, the same court that overturned my original conviction. And on December 17th of 2020, I was granted bail at $150,000 cash or bond and um, this was the first time in over six years in, in the entirety of my case that I've ever been granted bail. Um, this bail also came with the conditions of being on electronic monitoring. So I am currently on home confinement uh, with an ankle monitor um, awaiting a trial. So on January 19th of 2021, uh, the Free Precaution Alliance uh, was blessed and, and fortunate enough to gain support. And um, we, 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 we got the funds to, to get me out of jail. Um, January 19th of 2021, um, I was incarcerated for six years, one month, and 10 days for a crime I did not commit. I am now here fighting for my life. Um, I'm on, honestly fighting to prove my innocence. And um, I wake up every day, you know, thinking to my to myself, like I'm, I'm really, you know, risking the rest of my life right now for my freedom because I'm really facing a life sentence in prison right now if I'm found guilty. Um, so at this point right now, I'm just asking, you know, people to really support me in, in any way possible. Um, honestly, anyway, that's, that's, you know, signing my change.org petition, uh, you know, donating or sharing my GoFundMe, um, sharing uh, upcoming events, you know, to continue to apply pressure on Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz um, and demand that she permanently drop all charges against me. So tomorrow... Wednesday, July 14th, 2021, at 1.30 p.m., um, the Free Precaution Alliance will be conducting a rally in front of the Queens Criminal Court. 
So I encourage everyone to come out and, you know, uh, encourage family, uh, family and friends and whoever else, you know, uh, you deem uh, necessary. I, I just want please, I just want people to please just support me in, in this time of struggle and my fight for freedom and justice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, greatly appreciate that that thorough uh, and yet still uh, concise uh, condensation of, of, as you say, the the past over six years of your life. You know, and and of course, I, I'm quite sure that having to, you know, continue to rehearse and go over that that experience, that trauma, you know, can 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 add to that. So I I, I appreciate and respect you know, that, that you went through and, and laid that all out for us. And um, ideally, we can get back up um, and get into some more of the intricacies, you know, of all of that um, at, a, at another, in another interview. Um, and uh, I know, Jorgen, you, you know, you, you have um, interviewed uh, Prakash before. Um, so uh, heads should check that out, get some more particulars about, um, you know, the, the, the many injustices that, that went on um, behind this case. But um, if you would, uh, Prakash, of, of all of what went on from the time that you're 15 years old behind this, um, is, there, is there any one aspect of what you went through that, was, that, that to you is just the most, uh, the most unjust or, or the most um, shocking to you, you know, um, as someone who, uh, at, you know, you're a child when you're, you're first exposed to this and, you know, I've, 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 I've um, seen in other interviews you you speak to how this system is designed to to deteriorate one's mind you know in in, in, in countless ways um, and and on this broadcast New Abolitionist Radio um, the focus is on prison slavery uh, allowed uh, legal slavery through the Thirteenth Amendment exception clause so you know we we go through the the full gamut you know and and. Um, hear from heads on the inside and, and who, you know, were on the inside about all of these um, just torturous, barbaric tactics that are used um, by these slavers. Is there any one aspect of it um, that that to you is just is just the most shocking or, or unjust um, that, that you would be able to single out for us um, and, and to share with uh, those listening? Um. Yeah, I, I really got, like, I got top three. Um, is that good for you? Absolutely. All right, brother. Um, so, number one, right, now I'm going to start off with number three. Number three is the fact that law enforcement can just illegally enter someone's residence um, without a search warrant, without an arrest warrant, and... This really literally kidnapped them. That that's to me that's kidnapped. Um, number two is number two is the fact that there is an excessive uh, abuse of authority, discretion um, in regards to pre-trial detention. There is no way a human being. should have to languish in jail for years awaiting a trial. 
that right there in and of itself is cruel and unusual. Um, and number one is the fact that law enforcement can lie to you, legally lie to you, legally utilize illegal coercive tactics during interrogations. Um, and I want to change that, man. I want to make a change to that. I want to make a change. And that change, I want to see a world that law enforcement it cannot just question a youth, particularly. I was 15 years old. I didn't even get a chance to go to high school, uh, experience prom. None, none, I, I didn't get a chance to do any of that. Um. So I definitely want to, I want to make a change, man. I want to see that all youth that are, that ever, ever come into a situation in regards to questioning or, or interrogation, um, that they must have an attorney prior to any, anything happening. And that they really, you know, are, are, are defended effectively and adequately. Throughout the entire process, that's that's respect, bro. I, I appreciate you breaking that down for us, and 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 outlining, you know, what what you've experienced directly, and and how you're moving forward to to share the the hard earned knowledge of of how this system operates, you know, with others who ideally, you know, can avoid the these kinds of circumstances. So I I, I truly appreciate that. I, I want to make sure that um, Max can get into the discussion. And um, of course, you know, you, you pointed toward the, the rally that you have coming up um, and, and other efforts that are going on. So um, it would be great to, to build further on that and, and just really uh, concretize for those who uh, hear this, what they can do, what action can be taken and, and how they can support. So um, Max, as somebody who's been uh, working with the Free Prakash Alliance, uh, could you uh, help us to elaborate on that? Um, what kind of work is going on right now in the week of action for Prakash? Um, what would we, what should we be expecting at this rally? And um, and and what has it been like for you, from your perspective, uh, over over the um, period that you've been uh, working uh, with the Free Prakash Alliance with Prakash? Um, what what has been most um, instructive or, or eye-opening uh, for you throughout this? Sure, I'll start with the last part and then get into the, the more concrete action items kind of stuff. Um, but I just want to say that I think something that stood out to me about working with Prakash is just the fact that, I mean, he is not backing down and he was actually offered a plea deal that he turned down. Um, and that's pretty rare. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like one or 2% of people who are offered a plea deal actually turn it down. And I think that says a lot. And, you know, if, and that's, that's like a tangible way to actually throw a wrench in the gears of the system, right. Is to, uh, you know, people people making those kinds of of 
decisions and and that's a very extremely hard decision to make i can't even imagine being in precocious place you know being just basically just a, a a very young person who is threatened with life in prison um gets a deal that would have gotten prakash out much sooner um and 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 yet still you know is not just going to accept the the injustice that's being um you know forced on people by the system so so that's really stood out and also just prakash the way that you know prakash stands in solidarity with other people and uh, people who are still incarcerated other comrades you know that i have um who are still locked up other people who are fighting similar fights like chanel lewis for example who is uh was just at a rally for Chanel that was organized by his family and supporters today who was interrogated by the same cop as Prakash um a pretty pretty similar story of a young person being forced into a false confession by a bullying you know lying cop and then locked up by a racist court system so so that really stands out and some that's been inspiring to me um so and i think it's just really great to see those connections being made um i'll just say in terms of like what folks can do to support um the the rally tomorrow would be a great way to you know plug in if people are available as prakash mentioned it's at 1:30 p.m. outside the queens criminal courthouse which is on queens boulevard um and Prakash will be speaking. We'll have some other speakers, folks, other folks who are directly impacted um, by, you know, racist policing and incarceration in Queens and beyond. Um, but for people who can't make it out uh, in person, there's lots of other ways to support. Um, we def- I definitely encourage people to contact the, the Queens DA's office directly and to urge that uh Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz drop all charges against Prakash. I'll just read out the number now for the Queens the the DA's quote unquote community engagement bureau. You can call them at 718-286-6764. That's 718-286-6764 and just, you know, share how you feel about this this like absurd cruel injustice that they're refusing to acknowledge or change so you can also email them at community community engagement at queensda.org um and so you can also follow uh you can get updates uh if if folks are on social media there's social media pages um on Instagram it's at free prakash alliance and then on Twitter it's freedom for prakash the four is a number so it's freedom for the number and then prakash um Facebook prakash do you remember the Facebook I'm trying to remember the name of the Facebook yeah the um, Facebook is a, a free prakash alliance yeah yeah so um there's updates there um and yeah just just kind of we just you know need need the DA here in Queens to know that the world is watching that the community here is upset and many other people beyond this community are upset that this is 
we the only way that that they're going to back down is if they know that they're going to get embarrassed you know if they know that this is a scandal they know that this is going to hurt their you know re-election chances and all that it's not you know this is this is past the point of asking nicely because we all know that the queen's da knows about prakash's case and so far has refused to do anything about it other than business as usual so at this point in time it's you know just we got to just put as much pressure as possible so yeah respect appreciate that and uh, we'll make sure that that information is is linked um, on the on the page once this is published uh, Jorgen I know that you've been uh, following this case and and working uh, with Prakash for a minute now uh, anything you want to uh, jump in with uh, at this moment yeah it was really cool to hear Prakash talk about trying to like equip youths dealing with the system um, like to give them lawyers and to try to try to build change there. It's really important to point out that like the way the system is currently set up, the cops who interrogated Prakash are making six figures. And so like this is people making more than $100,000 a year who are trained at uh, coercing people into making false confessions. It's vile. And like what kind of society are we living in where like kids are left to deal with people who are professionally trained in coercing their confessions who are making that kind of money? It's crazy. Um, and yeah, also just another thing just about the, the precarity of everything, like the, the bail for Prakash, like it really was just like a lucky thing that we were able to raise that money. Like, um, there's a lot of money that was like $150,000 bail or something. And so like, there's so many people who don't have access to, um, organizers and stuff. And it just shows the importance of building, um, solidarity with everyone in pretrial detention. Without a doubt. So there, there's so much that we could discuss as regards this. And again, um, ideally, we can uh, do that uh, sooner than later. Uh, Prakash, you know, it would be great to to do another uh, one of these to to get into some of the some further further particulars about what all went on. Um, but I greatly appreciate the, the overview that you provided us here. Uh, is there anything that you want to uh, leave those that listen to New Abolitionist Radio, um, those that uh, you know, connect with the Black Talk Radio Network. Anything that you want to leave the listeners with, and also, um, I have to just ask about uh, the exception clause in the Thirteenth Amendment in prison slavery. Um, you know how you relate to that particular um, clause, that that aspect of the Constitution. Um, were you aware of the exception clause for for slavery? for those who are so-called duly convicted of a crime? And, um, you know, how do you relate to, to, that, to that fact, you know, as someone who's struggling up against this, this prison slavery system? So any thoughts on, on the 13th Amendment um, and anything else you would like to leave the listeners with? Well, definitely. Um, in regards to the 13th Amendment, right? Like, it, it's fairly, like... You could go on and on about the 13th, honestly, man. Um, but in that Constitution, right, it, it, provide, it provides that, that, that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude. But I am also aware of the fact that it, it has an exception. Uh, and that exception is punishment for crime. And that's in, like, any place any any jurisdiction um 
And I honestly feel like that is completely cruel and inhumane. And that just really, that, that just really uh, clearly like goes against the land of the law um, and, and just humanity. No question. You you got the the U.S. here uh, claiming to dictate to other countries across the globe as to how they should operate and how to maintain or 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 carry out democracy, et cetera, et cetera, and all the while uh, continuously practicing slavery for centuries and and leading all challengers as regards slavery. So uh, it's 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 contradictions beyond belief. And um, I just want to touch one thing. You just brought that to light. Matter of fact, Tag, um, the U.S. is the leading country um, in regards to mass incarceration, and we all know the entire world knows. The entire world knows that. Within the mass incarceration here in the U.S., um, those individuals that are in- impacted, that are victimized by this cruel system, um, are are from disproportionate neighborhoods, um, and are obviously black and brown. Without without a doubt, and and it's important that we continue to highlight that and expose these contradictions. I, I want to thank y'all uh, again for getting up with us and just sharing this uh, important information. And ideally, you know, heads will recognize the, the urgency to, to, you know, really support and build uh, around this and, and make sure that this injustice uh, finally comes to an end because it's, it's, it's too many of them uh, occurring constantly. And this is one clear cut example uh, that, that you're bringing to our attention and, and greatly appreciate it. And, uh, Ideally, we can we can get back up sooner than later, and of course, you got the rally uh, tomorrow afternoon in in front of the Queens uh, Criminal Courthouse. So, uh, if y'all are able to get some some sound from that, uh, it would that would be strong. We'd be happy to to uh, post that as well, and just make sure that heads can continue to connect. But anyone who's in the area and able to come out, uh, please you know make it out to this rally. Continue to support. The work that Prakash is doing, that the Free Prakash Alliance is doing, and that abolitionists are doing all over. So, uh, just want to thank y'all again, and uh, greatly appreciate it. We'll, we'll link up again uh, sooner than later. And also, a belated happy birthday, Prakash. I know it's your first birthday in the, uh, like, first birthday not in jail or prison in a long time. So it's really cool that you got the opportunity to celebrate that. Uh, definitely, Yogan. Thank you for that, brother. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man. Um, June twenty second, uh, turned twenty two years old. Uh, this is my first first birthday in in society. Respect, respect. Uh, happy born day, and and glad that you're able to do that from outside of of these confinement uh, zones, uh, all across these prison plantations. Uh, so. 
you know, it, the work is not done yet, but we're thankful to be able to, you know, speak with you uh, relatively freely, you know, as it were at this moment. And again, tomorrow, that would be July 14th. Um, everybody connect uh, rally for Prakash and we'll, we'll continue to struggle, continue to look out for updates on, on how that's going. So greatly appreciate you and uh, we'll, we'll be back on as soon as we can. New Abolitionist Radio. Peace.